Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us as always every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. And you can get involved in the conversation just like you can again every weekday via the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. You can text your thoughts, your comments, your predictions, whatever you want to throw at us. And then we will have... Uh, the favorite text that we can read on these airwaves, 704-570-9610. We're going to get to the position breakdown, as we just mentioned there with Jeff as he was signing off. The linebackers are up today. Just talked about the defensive line yesterday. So we have linebackers, big questions surrounding Shaq Thompson. Frankie Louvu, an awesome year. Can he repeat that same year here in 2023? Plus, we have Willie P joining us, the voice of Charlotte FC. And then, as it says in the rundown, the co-host of the critically acclaimed Flushing's Finest podcast. So that's new. Do you have another project that you're taking on, Fiddy? And do you just need a microphone in front of your face 24-7 for you to be able to talk sports and fire off these takes? Yeah, I do have a new project on. We are launching a Mets-related podcast. And, uh, yeah, you did warn me this morning about burnout and everything like that. I'm telling you. But my work ethic... Is the highest level of any. It's, it's the best thing I have going for me. Is that why we gonna see? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But yes, as long is it going to take away from how great you are, how dynamic you are on this show? Are you worried about that at all? Because I got to be honest with you, two podcasts. You're doing them pretty frequently. These podcasts are kind of long, especially when you're talking about the Tar Heels. Plus, you have all of, I mean, just dealing with everything that we throw at you. Are you worried about it all, or, or do you think you can handle it? No, I think I can handle it. I think you're more worried about it than I am. Okay. Which, which will lead to, a, I guess, a honest conversation if you think my performance mm-hmm. becomes less dynamic than a usual everyday basis. I have faith. Are you scared, Wes? Um, <clears throat> mm, goodness. That's a... Uh, you know that's that's a that's a grueling workload because a lot of people don't know way back when before podcast was a thing your boy used to do a podcast called the double double and i started it with the homeboy and then it ended up being just me i used to do three hours by Why myself in the world on blog did you do a talk radio hour you know, podcast. I used to, well it started out with two of us and then we used to do it and then i just picked it up like I would make up commercials and stuff so I could give myself a break. Like I would create commercials and stuff. <laughs> what did you like mocking LeBron. <laughs> like I'd be mocking people and doing stuff like that. Like I used to mock LeBron and different stuff like that for commercials, man. But yeah, they're still up like somewhere on um Blog Talk Radio, man. But I used to do three hours. What I mean, three hours sounds absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we do a three hour. I radio did it like show. for months. Radio's different than podcasting. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. To do three hours is insane. Like Bill Simmons is the longest pod in, in sports. I know Joe Rogan yeah. does a, a million minutes and hours too. Yeah. But Bill Simmons is like two and a half sometimes. Yeah. And it that was, seems um, long. Yeah. I started getting my weight up though. The numbers were getting good. Like when I, around when I stopped, like I would go back every now and again once I stopped doing it and look at the numbers and stuff, man, it would, it would do good. But yeah, I mean, more power to him, man. That's, that's a heavy workload. It is. Can we get a sample of you hating on LeBron from, 
this old podcast? I'm sure. I'll see if I can get it, man. I'll see if I can cut it. He's asking you to go go back into the depths of the Double Double podcast (laughs) and bring on some LeBron James hate. What I used to say. You can think about it if you need to. Yeah, man. Because we ask you to perform in front of us off the bat. Sometimes right. that's what radio is. Yeah, but man. If you I, I used to do deeper, that. I had a commercial with, with a girl I was dating. I would have her say, like, stupid comments. <laughs> like, that somebody would say and um, all kinds of stuff, man. It gave um, me a little break. Stanford P. also wrote in that Fiddy and I have started the Dry Brisket podcast. It's a good cast, really. So, is that true? Do you have four podcasts now? One with the Dry Brisket podcast also? I did not know about that one. It, it appears that my time is going to be dried up doing the Dry oh, Brisket there you, podcast. And with that, it, it's, that's nice. I like it. That's nice. Let's go ahead and pull up to the scene with that joke, that dismount from one Josh Fiddy Marlowe, the bus driver, Lil Country, open up the door. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Let's get off the bus by talking about what they were talking about in the morning show, because I have this question, too, with the morning show talking about who would win a Charlotte media slam dunk contest. Did uh-huh. you see this interaction on Twitter? I did chance? not. When I saw it in our rundown, I was like, what in the world is this? Are <laughs> so they we, doing this? Well, we talked about you dunking in middle school. Right. And then I still don't know how many dunks you've ever had in your life. You uh-huh. said that you never did. And then you said, well, actually, I have a little bit since middle school, which would be weird. If you and I have it, like, a picture for proof. Well, that's perfect. I would love to see it. You should bring that in one day. Yeah. But T-Bone put out there on Twitter that we made predictions on who would win a Charlotte Media Slam dunk contest. And T-Bone picked me. Big shout to Bone. Appreciate the love. Mac picked Will Kunkel. And then... Will and, and then, well, basically, if you are able to dunk, then you might win this dunk right. contest. Which we actually have proof in the replies. Because then also T-Bone said that Ashley Strohline... Um, oh, poor throwing shade at Nick Carboni. Told Nick Carboni to stick with baseball. Nick would then reply and said, "Yeah, that's exactly what my high school basketball coach told me too, just to stick with <laughs> baseball." Ashley replied with her jumping off of a trampoline in the Hornets practice arena, yeah, and then being able to slam it. Which, by the way, sounds like a joke, but it actually is pretty hard to time that thing. Yeah, to jump on a trampoline and be able to dunk it with the fluidity that she did. So big shout to Stro. But my question is, I don't even know if I can dunk anymore, and we. We really should go to a park and then try our best to see exactly how close we can man. get. You should still be able to yoke. I'm 30 years old. You should be able to yoke. Dude, I'm a vet in the league right now. <laughs> you should if be I'm able to the, If I'm in the NBA, which I'm not because I'm not athletic, and even at 30 years old, those guys are, are old in the league. I'm 30 years old without being in the NBA. So for me, like, I'm, I'm just on the outskirts of still being able to dunk. I have not tried it in a couple of years, but I would like to be able to try it to see if there's if there's a shot that I can have that I can do you should be if we get you good and warmed up you get good and loose you should be able to yam one time I mean I I feel like this is a chance for me to make up for the one time in high school where on senior night I had a great game best game of my high school career and I had a breakaway and there was nobody between me and the basket and I thought okay this is going to be the moment but it was a close game thought this was going to be the moment where I actually dunk in an organized basketball setting. I rise up, realize that we're only up by two points, and decide, you know what? I need to just lay this thing in. And I did end up winning. But I always, I've always regretted that moment 
because I did not have a dunk to talk about and people clown me for just laying it in in that moment. Mm. And now I feel like this is the time to make up for it. How did you get to play ball, though, for Charlotte without dunking in high school? Isn't that a requirement now? <laughs> you have to dunk the ball to get offered a D1 scholarship? I mean, uh, well, maybe I was a walk-on. I want this for our page, man. We had a park right around the corner. With, with the Hornets designs, we have the one with the hanger. It's a nice, it's multiple nice courts over there. Mm-hmm. We need that for the social, man. We do need to. I would love to do it. Fitty was, Fitty talked to me very matter-of-factly, like I didn't have a choice in this. This was the dynamic. This was boss yeah. man producer. You know we're going to a court, and we're going to we, film this. We got this. it right around. Do, you, do y'all know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. No, we were trying to figure out if there was yeah, a court around Yeah, there's multiple here. courts right around the corner. I forget the name of the street in the park. I pass it all the time, but I've been over there. Uh, played and stuff like that, but it's right over there. You know where the Goodyear and all that stuff is up the street, the Circle K? Uh-huh. You just go down that street. It's right across from, um, oh, what's that high school that's right there? I don't know, but uh, as long Phillip as Philip O'Berry. It's right across oh, from really? Philip O'Berry. Okay, yeah. there you go. A redhead wrote in, if Walker is at least 6'2", he better still be dunking at 30. That's that's a misnomer, and man. you're 6'5", 6'6", so yes, that makes it even more even, pressure. But even still, no. See, <laughs> see anybody that is below that feels like, oh, okay, all they got to do is just reach up and they can dunk it. You yeah. still got to have, like, at least a decent vertical to be yeah. able to get up from 6'5", yeah, 6'6", six, six and dunk it. Yep, we can go over there and knock it out. You People, know, we go over there and hoop sometime on a Saturday morning. It's a lively crowd over there, I'll say that much. <laughs> what you mean by lively? What? Yeah, I mean, it's lively. You can smell a little, <laughs> you know, a little bit of that uh, ism burning out there. And, uh, you know, the fellas out there hooping. Got kids out there. It's a little bit of everything out there. Uh, Jack wrote in, if you guys want a raise, let Jeff Rickard win the dunk contest. That's true. Yeah, just go ahead. Uh, Coach I'm pa- no kiss up. Uh, Coach, oh, so you're still going to give him the business yeah. then? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, give me Wes's money then, Jeff. If that's the case. <laughs> Coach Polly wrote in, uh, Mac and Bone said it would only be on eight-foot goals. Now I could slant eight-foot right, goals. well, I Come might on. be able to get in there with that. that that's true. If we want to do that, then we could be able to do the eight-foot goal dunking. Dude, I would be Mac McClung on an eight-foot goal. I would love to see you. What, what kind of Mac McHung? <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the thing. Would you be Mac McHung or Mac McClung on the eight foot goal? I don't know. I'd be doing all types of stuff though. I, I, I'd be the Vince Carter. I mean, the fact that no one listed my name when I'm the church basketball legend of the city of Charlotte. That's right. Was the utmost disrespectful thing, other than someone making a comment about Will Kunkel's hair. Um, that's correct. Yes, I am surprised that nobody threw you into the uh, threw you into the dunk contest and asked if you could win. Uh, somebody said seven oh four said Mans is six foot six and didn't yam on senior night. I know, I know. That's what everybody's been telling me my whole entire life. Wolfpack James did say that yes, Mac and Bone talked about this happening on an eight foot goal. So if if that's the case, then we could get a lot more people involved yeah. in this. Yeah. At that point, my advantage of maybe. Again, hard emphasis here. Maybe being able to dunk on a 10-foot goal, that goes completely out the window. If we're going 8-foot, now I don't even know if I'm the favorite anymore. Did the crowd react when you laid it up? Were they like, oh. Well, it was a close game. It was a close game. Okay, so 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 they were just happy. That was the only reason because I had never dunked in a high school game, Mm -hmm. right? And then freshman year of college, I was able to get up, and that was was pretty good. Like, that was the the most athletic I, I ever was in my life. So now at 30, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. But yeah, man, Mac McClung, like, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could put that display on for a 10 foot. It would just be slamming. It would be very much straight arm. 
slamming it home barely, and that's the only thing I could do. Can I run by real quickly a Mac McClung hot take for you? Yeah. As we're talking about the dunk contest and the mm-hmm. all-star break. Mm-hmm. So, Doug and I were talking about this on Locked On Hornets, and he said it as well, and I agree with him. He was talking about how he feels like Mac McClung might have actually hurt the dunk contest as to everybody else compared to them mm-hmm. saying he actually saved it. And it's because, isn't Mac McClung winning the dunk contest exactly what NBA stars don't want to see because if they were to go to the dunk contest and then get beat by some G-leaguer, then that's the embarrassing part about all of this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's exactly why John Morant tells you, there's no way I'm going to do the dunk contest unless there's a billion likes. Anthony Edwards, mid-game, mid-game, told you there's no way that he's going to appear in the dunk contest and he's a third-year guy at like 20, 21 years old. It's ridiculous, man. Nobody, nobody. The youngins don't even want to, they're not giving you a shot. Even with LeBron James, who played with the idea, said he would do it, never delivered on that promise, fine. But Anthony Edwards, John Morant, straight up telling you from the get-go, no, I'll never do it. And it's because Mac McClung is out here beating dudes in the NBA when he just signed a two-week contract. See, that aggravates me right there. I I didn't know this, but that that just adds to the narrative of this generation of NBA players. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, I just sent you guys footage yesterday. I didn't know Michael Jordan was ever in a three-point contest. And those guys did everything. And I know it was to market the league and build it up, but these guys need to do it to pay homage to the people that paved the way so that they can uh, be in the league making the kind of money they're making. I never seen more players. I'm sorry, this this is borderline foul line, but I never seen more players. They make so much money, and they don't want to do anything. They don't want to get in a dunk contest. They don't want to play. They don't want to do anything. And they wonder why people get annoyed, and a lot of people don't want to watch NBA like that anymore or prefer college basketball. Like, that just gets on my nerves. Like, John Moran, you're in your third year in the league. You've done nothing. And like I said, I don't think you ever will do anything but be highlighted. This is foul. That's what I'm saying. I don't, it, it's this annoying. Anthony foul. Edwards, what is he going to ever do? Unless he goes. To see unless he goes. This is a play yeah. mm, that was scary. Let's get it cracked. You've got to think that's going to be man. Let's get this thing going. The question is, is it a one or a two? Go ahead and set it up. Jam is playing. Let's get this thing going. First of all, Anthony Edwards, unless you go to another franchise, you will be an NBA afterthought. I love Ant-Man, but he plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. What else would you ever be but a highlight playing for the Timberwolves? The same thing with John Moran. He's the the the, the latest in a long line of little guards that won't lead their NBA teams to anything. And then they get in the league and they're making 40, 50 million. I, I, I don't want to get in the dunk contest. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to sit out today because I, I don't feel good as if John Moran doesn't already miss 10 games every two weeks anyway. It makes me sick, man. These players make so much money, and they don't want to do anything. You don't want to play games. You don't care about the fans that are coming to watch you play, that save their money to see you in one game for a lot of times, and now all of a sudden you don't, you're you never going to do the dunk contest because you're scared to compete. Now, you talk – John Morant and those guys get on Twitter and talk so much trash, and then you can't go in there with your friends. You can't watch YouTube videos and take ideas from these guys that you has just – that you have just as much athleticism as and you can't cook up four or five dunks to get in there and compete if you lose so what you think steve francis and them was sitting up there i'm not gonna get in because vince carter's in it no they got in and they showed out because they're competitors that makes me mad that's another reason to make me not like john morant 
And I like Ant-Man until he said this. Now, I'm still an Ant-Man fan, but that's just another reason to make me not like John Morant, man. Get him out of here, man. All right. Seriously. We are He'll be sitting in Memphis averaging 30 for eight years, and nobody will care. And he'll be Allen Iverson and won't take a bench roll and wow. be out of the league because he won't ever take a bench roll. Get him out of here and his platinum teeth. Okay, we're... we're... We're, 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 we're starting real foul. Allen Iverson catching strays, getting off the bus here on Wesson Walker. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, all of your dunking stories, pickup basketball. People love the West rant. We're getting off the bus in a big, big way. Aggravate, man. We're coming back in a moment. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sending in videos. Wes is sending the group chat pictures of themselves dunking. Now everybody <laughs> is telling me there's no excuse. Dion Stafford on Twitter, he wrote in, 41 years old, no excuses, at WFNZ. And then there's a video of him dunking off of a self-alley, two hands. Now, here's the only thing, though. It's not that I don't believe my guy Dion for tweeting this at us. Mm-hmm. But he did do, and it's not like I can expect him to put the phone anywhere else, but he's got, he's got it on the ground, upward angle. I mean, I can't tell if that basketball goal is 10 foot. I'm just yeah. saying. That's the problem. How do we verify this? I guess you're just going to have to have some witnesses out there, right? Like you are going to have to be my witness. Right. When we go out to the court, wherever that may well, be. Well, it's going to be on social media, yeah. Well, and the other thing about Dion, look, man, I'm going to tell you right now. Dion's doing this with a shirt off. My, my body don't look like that. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Brother keeping himself in good shape. He's keeping himself in good shape. Yeah. And so the fact that he's able to dunk and I might not be able to, I'm just going to show people that video and then show a picture Walker, of me. Walker, you strike me as the type of guy, you have this quiet, you kind of like a quiet ride. I feel like, especially if I get you out there and, you know, I... I I feel like if I wasn't doing sports, I'd be in psychology. So I'm going to say little things, mm-hmm. you know, while you get warmed up to fire you up. You know what I'm saying? Little slights I'm going to say to you and stuff. And then I feel like you will be so determined to get this done that you're going to get it done. Can we have judges on hand? Like maybe we bring Bryce out, maybe Flounder or Shroppy <laughs> come out there. A celebrity yeah. dunk contest. And- yeah. So if, if we're going to bring judges... Then it has to be at nine or eight feet because yeah. if it's ten feet, can you dunk? If the answer is yes, you win the dunk contest. Yeah, and if we go over to that to that park too, they do have a uh, a little kids court that they're like at six feet or something like that, so Fiddy can get his shot. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! You've never seen this physical body. Look, I might be short, bald, and fat, but I still got hops, baby. I have seen the body actually. Flounder showed me a picture one day on his phone. What'd you think oh yeah, about we it? did see that. Yeah, did you see it too? You yeah. got to see Fiddy's body. Yeah. I'm gonna say, let you tell it. Though. Y'all always say flash me during the flashes. That was a picture of me drunk with my shirt off. What'd you think? Well, well and your pants off too. That is uh, that uh, is true. Yeah. No, the you pe- noticed the that? The pinnacle didn't? of manliness. <laughs> How could I not notice it? It was right there. Flounder's coming over. Hey, look at this picture. Fiddy, bang, right there. Got to see it. Feel free to text us via the Garage Door Guru text line. 704-570-9610-704-570-9610. Lots of people loved your rant. You are speaking for the people yeah, about man. Anthony We've Edwards and John Moran's mess, comments. Man. So 980 number said, Wes, you're right. 
Um, and then he wouldn't go see Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, or Jaw if they gave that person courtside seats. 704 said, now that was telling it like it is, Wes. Amen. I like this <laughs> other number that wrote in, Wes, good for you. That was a good rant. Like, <laughs> I mean, they play for Minnesota. They play for, thank you, thank you, Fred. They play for Minnesota and Memphis. It's like the nerve of you to sit there and say what you're not going to do playing for franchises that people really don't care about like that. Like Memphis, maybe a little more so because you've made a little bit of noise in the playoffs. Grind. You got some errors. But at the end of the day, they're taking an L in the second round like they always will. But, but the thing about Anthony Edwards, though, is he at least has other comments to yes. conflict what was he, That's what he was why he's about still one of my guys. Because everybody is having this one clip of him circulating about him saying, I hate load management. Mm-hmm. He, he would change that about mm-hmm. the NBA. So he could be in the good graces, right? For sure. That's like, what I'm saying. And, and I love that, that he said that because it was, it was so true. I mean, it's just like... Like I said, the, these guys have all the money, all the resources. They do year-round training, all these therapies and cryo chambers and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff that they do. But yet they complain about the length of the season when guys back in the day smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, playing 82 games a night, 35, 40 you minutes. S- you sound like you are yeah. an 80-year-old right. baseball yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does get annoying when you know you take your kids to the game or I take my son to a game. And that's one of two or three games we're going to go to and guys are out for well, no reason. No, that's true. No, and that's what Anthony Edwards was talking yeah. about. It was just when, when you went to the Babe Ruth argument about how other people <laughs> were able to do it off of hot dogs and beer, that is what made you sound like you were an 80-year-old yeah, baseball sure. fan. Ron, hell, Ron Artest and them drinking Hennessy in the locker room. Well, I mean, the Pacers, I there aren't. <laughs> Many teams I like talking about more than the yeah. Malice at the Palace Ridiculous, Indiana Pacers. Man, I'm never going to do it. Oh, that team with Stephen Jackson, my brother. I don't know if this is scandalous to say, but my brother, we're, my family grew up in Indianapolis. He would see Jamal Tinsley at the liquor store a decent amount. Yeah. Like, because that's how those guys got down. And go out and ball. Yeah. <laughs> what? The Pacers were awesome. If, yeah. if they don't get suspended, if like the whole team doesn't get reprimanded. Yeah, they could have went to the finals. That that was the best team probably in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. They could have won the championship. It would have yeah. been them in Detroit. And so, yes, I love that Indiana yeah, Pacers man. team. All right, final thing about the whole dunk contest, because I do want to get to, we're probably going to have to break this position breakdown into two, but we're talking dunk contest, so it's all good. Um, Stanford P also, great Photoshop job. He <laughs> put Fiddy's face on, I believe that's Mac McClung, yes, on Mac McClung's body. And it looks outstanding. Wow. The face does not match the body. I apologize if my face would not match the body either. So that's no shade. That's just how it is. Do you like the Photoshop that Stanford P put in there? I love it. I'm thinking about making it my new Avi on Twitter. What do you guys think? I would love it. I honestly, it, it's either that or it's you stick with the Armando Baycott slash DJ Burns slash Traquavion Smith glasses <laughs> in your profile picture. But I like this one better. Stanford P did a good job. Do you like that photo better than me, shirtless and pantsless? Somebody wrote in, Flounder got fitty nudes. Doesn't even surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Never has a text message been more true. <laughs> Flounder has those nudes. And Fitty's looking right into the camera, right at me, showing a lot more skin than I've ever seen Fitty show before. 704-570-9610. Oh, real quick, you can though, before you go, did in. you see the new thing that they're doing on the NBA app where you can insert yourself in 
the play. I did. It was funny you said that like I was leaving the show. I'm going to be right here. But right. yes, I, I did see that. I did see that. The problem is, it's almost like, can you just fix some of the other stuff first, though? Right. Like league pass and Bally and just yeah. being able to letting yeah. us watch basketball. But it is cool. That's to we need to do some of those and put them in, uh, put them on social media. It, during your foul line rants, can we just virtually put a fan into the chair that's empty next to me, and then they can be a part of that? And yeah. We can start rolling with some NFTs out there. Yeah. That's what we need to do. But I did see that. I was thinking about that this morning. Are NFTs still a thing? I feel like they've come and gone quickly. Mm-hmm. We're really going to get to this linebackers, but you said that, and that just funny. I was just thinking about that yesterday, if NFTs were even still a thing. They still kind of are. I mean, but not not nearly as big as they were catching on at one point. Casey, a Steve, couple months ago. Yeah, well, yeah, it feels <laughs> like that. Casey, Steve wrote in Walker. You can't just say Stephen Jackson and then start another sentence with my brother and then pause because that sounds like you were talking about something completely different. You're right, Casey, Steve. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about this linebacker position, and you know we're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna piece this together when we put it on the website, but we'll figure it out because we're professionals here on this. Radio radio show. So I think the biggest question about the linebacker position regarding the Carolina Panthers, it's going to revolve around Shaq Thompson and Ellis Williams did write a part of the Charlotte observer earlier. Actually, they're kind of doing the same thing, a part of the Charlotte observer and going down each position group. But for Shaq Thompson, he wrote this Thompson has one year left on his four year, $54 million contract extension. He signed in 2019 and he carries a $24 million cap hit. It's the most expensive player contract on the Panthers roster. However, none of his salary is guaranteed, meaning the team can cut Shaq Thompson without much penalty. He would carry about $11 million in dead cap room, but the team would save nearly $13.2 million by cutting him. I eventually think that's probably what they do, mm-hmm. and that begs the question, how do we view Shaq Thompson's time here in Carolina? I actually think it was really hard for Thompson to come in and try to fill the shoes at a position that has historically been phenomenal with the Panthers. John Beeson, Dan Morgan, you're going to guys that you actually played under as well, like, of course, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, who was a three-time Pro Bowl player when Shaq was just getting his feet wet in the NFL. What do you think about possibly cutting Shaq Thompson, saving some money, and moving on at the linebacker position with Frankie Louvo as your number one? Yeah, I mean, you look at Shaq, and, you know, he's getting older, you know, by league terms, he's almost 29 years old. Uh, he's been a very productive player for the Panthers and a little bit of mixed reviews from fans because you right. have some fans that love him, think he's a great player. Some fans that don't feel like he's that good. But I felt like that he's been a, a very solid linebacker since he's been here. Uh, but I think with that cap hit and then you talk about maybe the, the Panthers, when we looked at it, uh, they definitely have some capology to do. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him rated basically the tier five linebacker as far as calling him the best of the rest. So they do consider him one of the better linebackers in the NFL. But I guess for the Panthers and the needs that they have, they're going to have to let him go and try to spread that wealth around to some other places, even though there are some free agents that we will talk about where you look at it and it's almost like you're trading trade money if you do cut him with what you would have to pay him. It's just the fact that his contract is so much. Yeah. I, I, I hate that you would have to cut him in order to save some money, but it just might make too much financial sense. And that's what Eugene Robinson was talking about when he spoke about Shaq Thompson on Friday. He said keeping Shaq Thompson would be nice, but Bitter's going to have to work around the cap. There's ways that you can go ahead if you find the value of Shaq 
to go ahead and make work things out. And that comes with conversation. And that's what Scott Federer is going to have to use his wisdom to find out what makes sense. If, in fact, this is going to make sense for the team. Here's my thing about Shaq. When he was drafted as this hybrid safety, mm-hmm. going to move to the linebacker position, excellent athlete. A lot of people compared him to Thomas Davis because TD came out of Georgia as this safety, really athletic linebacker. I just wish Shaq was a little better in coverage, and I thought he was good his first two years in coverage, and it was, of course, in a little bit more of a minor role where Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, those guys, when they're on your team, they're going to be the starting linebackers. He was excellent against the run this season. It's a little bit of an outlier year when you compare them the last couple of seasons. The problem with Shaq, though, on top of the money is when you're talking about him not being great in coverage the last couple of seasons, Luke Keekley was phenomenal covering any kind of tight end going out for a route. And he actually posed, he posted one interception in every single season that he played. Thomas Davis, not a lot of interceptions, but did defend some passes more so at a higher rate than what Thomas and then what Shaq Thompson did. And if you look at Thomas Davis's three Pro Bowl years, including an all pro season thrown in there, he had seven interceptions in 2015, 2016. He actually combined for three and four. Shaq had two, not this past season, but the year before that. And then he only posted Posted one INT the entire career before that. So three career interceptions for Shaq Thompson, plus I think at most just five passes defended. In a passing league, I want someone that can affect uh, can, that can impact the aerial attack. And I wonder if he's going to be able to do that at 30, right? Like Thomas Davis, his best years actually didn't come until after he was 30 years old. Can you get something like that from Shaq Thompson? Possibly, but at that cap hit, that's where it all comes crumbling down. Yeah, and now you're talking about a linebacker core when you're not only going to have to pay three guys but four guys at starter uh, money depending on the caliber of player that they are but you're moving to that new 3-4 so now you're going to need two Mike linebackers on top of that uh, like I said Shaq we saw this coming for a while um, nobody's really surprised by this but he like I said he's been a really productive backer but like you said you want to see a little bit more in coverage from him and so you know they'll they'll be looking in some other directions next season and as I said to get that cap right, he's going to have to be one of those cap casualty guys. Yeah, and TC writing and comparing Shaq to future Hall of Famers, you're right. Like, But th- at the same time, all we're doing is comparing him to former linebackers. Right, we're trying to make that's a point here, my man. That, that's what, And I get it, I get it. But Shaq was above average, and yet, in a lot of people's minds, it wasn't good enough. You do have also the first-round pick title to live up to. Yeah. So I actually think Shaq's been underrated at times mm-hmm. in his career. Um, we'll see what the Carolina Panthers decide to do with him and that contract this offseason season. We'll talk more about the linebackers a little bit later on. Let's get to a Fitty Flash and then visit the campus corner. I've already seen the pictures, but go ahead and flash this anyway, Fitty. All right, guys. Well, we're going to keep it, or not, we're not going to keep it in the NFL, but we're going to go back to the NBA as some news out of Chicago this morning as Lonzo Ball is going to miss the remainder of the season as the Bulls try to make a playoff push for the rest of the season. Remember, back during Deal or No Deal, this was a name that popped up, Walker, that you were kind of Throwing out an idea that maybe the Hornets could be interested in trading, bringing LaMelo's uh, brother here to Charlotte. 
Did they dodge a bullet by not trading for him? And more importantly, what's the outlook for Lonzo's career after another knee injury? Yeah, so when we were doing deal or no deal, I would often find publications, different proposed deals, the fake trades around the deadline. And Lonzo Ball's name came up, and I thought it was interesting because there was at least some kind of idea Charlotte could go after him when his contract was running out with the New Orleans Pelicans. I actually loved his fit next to LaMelo, but there's no way you can trade for him with all of this uncertainty surrounding his injury history. I mean, this whole year, you thought he might be ready at the beginning of the season, and now this thing is as bad as keeping him out for the entire season. It it looks awful with Lonzo. I thought he had really figured out his identity in the NBA. I thought he was a really valued player, but this injury, it leaves a lot of uncertainty surrounding what his future could be, so there's no reason to trade for him right now. I hope he's able to figure it out. Yeah, in the car this morning, uh, I was telling Bryce, we were talking, and I said, man, I said, his career could be over, not in the sense of that he may not ever playing the NBA again, but just the fact of how this injury has been lingering and he could be a guy that just comes back then has to go back, sit down for a few games, come back and continually just have this process of being in and out of the lineup. You really hate to see it, man, because he's a guy that, you know, he plays the game uh, right and you know, he's really worked to improve his game and you just hate it for him. Yeah, 100%. Hopefully he can come back and play as good as he was pre-injury. That'll do it for some at least first half of linebacker position breakdown talk. Let's visit the campus corner. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's about that time. Let's go hit the campus cone. All right. Man, everybody talks about speeding up this game and that game and different things of that nature. Now, college football is proposing changes to speed up their games. I mean, I, I didn't really have a problem with the length of the lot, with the length of a lot of games. Oh, they don't need to be four hours though. Like they, <laughs> I, I would not mind speeding up the college football game process. Well, you know, I guess I love college football so much, big time college football. That is, it doesn't bother me if it's a great game, but I get it. So uh, let's start out first with a JD Pickle. How you pronounce it? Pickle, pickle. I like pickle better. Let's just right, roll with JD Pickle. All right, let's let's hear his uh, thoughts on this. You watch the college game because you enjoy the college game. If you wanted to watch a game that mirrors the professional game, you'd watch the NFL. And I'm for the NFL. I am not anti-NFL by any stretch of the imagination. What I am anti is anti-make the college game like the professional game. We don't need to have them be the same. They can be mutually their own sports and we can love them both in their own unique way. All right? Now, here's the thing that would solve all of this. And again, I know this is not a reality, but here's the thing that would solve all of this. You want to shorten the games. You want to shorten the broadcast time. Cut one ad out of every commercial break. Problem solved. Cut one commercial each break. I promise you, you will get to your required or desired runtime for a college football game. Pretend the games go too long, right? Okay, well, let's shorten the TV timeouts. Well, I'm with them 100% in that I do like some of the nuances of the college rules as opposed to NFL rules that make the game different. But for those out there who don't know, these are the rules that they're talking about. One, well, two of the nine just kind of not so big changes, prohibiting consecutive timeouts, 
aka icing the kicker, and no longer extending a first or third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends on a defensive penalty. Okay, whatever. Nobody's going to crop. That's gone. But the other ones that are the bigger ones, the third proposal that's getting a lot of support, the clock will continue to run after an offense gains a first down except inside of two minutes and a half. And the one that is most controversial, the clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. So what do we think about this? Because they said that when you look at the time that would be cut from this, they said they conducted a field study to see what would happen with these changes. A running clock after a first down would eliminate about seven to nine plays per game. A running clock after an incomplete pass would eliminate more than twice that number. Are we for some of these rules, none of these rules, all of these rules? Well, I'm for all the ones that you kind of deemed non-controversial. The one to really talk about is the incomplete pass. I I have zero problem with the first down rule where the clock keeps running even after you get the first down. That is not like what it is today. And so I'm cool with all of that until you get within two and a half minutes. I I think that's actually a a pretty nice um, proposed rule here to college football. But talking about the incomplete pass, that's the only one that I could see just keeping the same just having okay what we can do is just we can stop the clock as soon as there's an incomplete pass just because that's been so ingrained into my football watching experience sure. and so i think that would make me feel more comfortable i will say this though it could make it more exciting especially with the way that offense has been way too easy in college football make it harder like a tiny bit and then also even if it's not harder on the offense it does make them start to rattle off plays a lot quicker even if there isn't incompletion if so, they don't rattle off enough plays as it is well the thing is right but you would be able to do it in a shorter amount of time yeah. and that would make a lot more sense to me and so honestly Wes if they decided to go with every single one of these rule changes I'm completely cool with it the only one I question a little bit is the incompletion rule you mentioned but even so if they did decide to change that I'd be game to see how it works I, I'm i with you. I think that the incomplete pass, as we said, that's something that we've always known is going to be there. I don't like that one. The rest of them, I'm more than okay with. As you said, I mean, me, like I said, big-time college football, I don't really care how long it takes. I love classic, epic college football games. All right, Duke played Louisville last night. Nothing happened that we did not expect except Louisville early on. L. Ellis looked like he had, uh, he was on one to try to get Louisville their second consecutive win. And if I'm not mistaken, this will be their first loss, time. You're right. <laughs> right. Um, this will be their first time, if I'm not mistaken, winning back-to-back games anyway. They came out early like they wanted to do something, but it dissipated pretty quickly. So, I mean, is Duke turning the corner? Did we learn anything from Duke last night? Me personally, I did not. Yeah, I think as far as last night goes, you probably were expecting them to win big, but they delivered on that. I mean, they took advantage of a blowout that they were supposed to have, and that's exactly what happened. I go back to the game against Syracuse, where I think we learned a little bit more, where they were able to go on the road and mm-hmm. win a big game with a large margin of victory. It's exactly what I talked about yesterday. I totally believe that this is a team starting to figure each other out a little bit more. John Shire, at the end of the season, is starting to settle into a head coaching position, and I heard Colin talking about it this morning. Duke has a little bit more to offer than, say, North Carolina 
Carolina where this is what you got and you're not expecting a whole lot of improvement. If so, you would have gotten it at the beginning with Caleb Love, with yeah. Armando, with R.J. Davis, and in fact, it might be going the opposite direction. With Duke, that's the thing that John Calipari speaks about every single year. When you have such a young team, they're going to improve by season's end. I think that's exactly what you're getting from Duke right now, especially with Derek Lively, who started to become more of a defensive menace probably a month ago. You're starting to see Whitehead figure it out a little bit more, even if the shot wasn't falling nearly as much last night. I totally am buying in to Duke being a team that is turning a corner and actually starting to play better basketball. The thing about them is they're doing what Carolina isn't doing. They're building towards something. That's the mm-hmm. one thing that Carolina hasn't done from game to game. That you have built off of what they've done. Duke is starting to do that. They build off of that that road-dominant performance at Syracuse. A little bit of a sleepy start, but as Corey Alexander said, Louisville's not going to sneak up on anybody at 4-24 in the ACC, so they're building towards something. Are they, are they going to make a Final Four run? I don't think so because their guard play isn't good enough. Is this team going to be sitting there in the second weekend of the tournament? If I had to bet today, I'd say yes. I would say the things that you could glean from this, if anything, though, are little things that show that they are starting to build, right? I mean, their 42 first-half points was the second-most first-half points they've had this season. It was the fourth time this season that at least five Blue Devils scored in double figures. They had 19 assists on 29 field goals, and they've had 57 assists over the last three games. So that speaks to your point about them uh, starting to find each other and get a little bit more chemistry And John Shire has the ACC record. He's extended that last night for the longest home winning streak by a first-year head coach. Derek Lively had 10 points. If I'm not mistaken, that's got to be his first time in double digits this season. Four Four rebounds, two blocks. He's had 32 block shots in the last 10 games. So when he's in the game, he really controls the paint. Proctor continuing to play well. Filipowski had a decent game. And they shot 40% from three-point land. So this is a team I feel like just learning. But the thing about Duke is, I mean, they do have a big win against Miami at home. And they're really good at home, undefeated. They play defense. They rebound. So that gives them a fighting chance. They just have to get the ball in the hole by shooting it a lot better than they have this season. Well, and it's not like Proctor has had these big-time scoring outputs, but I like his game. I like what you've seen from him. Hit a couple threes against Yeah, no turnovers last night. 100%, and then you're seeing what he did against Louisville, where, yes, the efficiency was not there, but if you go to the three-point line, it was, right, where he was four of eight. And as we talk about teams that need shooting, Duke being certainly one of them, Proctor, the fact that he's starting to hit more three-point field goals, that's certainly something that's helped them. The thing I look at every time I watch Duke play, when Mark Mitchell gives them something on the perimeter, whether yeah. from a scoring or even just a defensive impact, he, he, he is to this team what Justice Winslow was to that 15 title team. When he's engaged, when he's doing something on both ends of the court, they just look a lot better. The problem is, is that he's not as talented as Winslow was. I was about to say, big, yeah, big, big uh, talent gap. raise a little bit on that. But, but X Factor, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. I feel that. All right, so um, are you – no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, real quick, you can put before, your we, down. <laughs> before we jump, do we uh, let's do ACC Player of the Year check-in right now. I know I felt like Appleby was the front-runner coming into this one, uh, but right now it's up in the air. I mean, who do, you, who do you have? I mean, Nigel Pack's been playing excellent lately, but I feel like that Miami team, they're cannibalizing each other because so many of those guys, they have a lot of guys that could play. 
I mean, Terquavion Smith is still second in the league in scoring time for second with L. Ellis. Armando Bacot, I feel at this point, his campaign is over with. I would have to say at this point, Terquavion Smith would be the front runner in my opinion. Terquavion's been great. I, I hate that Miami might feel like their wealth is too spread in order to give it to one of these players. And I think the guy I would go with is Isaiah Wong. I just think the dude is an excellent bad shot hitter, right? Where he's able to get a tough shot and then he's able to hit some of those tough ones. 45 from the field. Excellent three-point shooter as well. When he gets to the line, he's also knocking those down quite a bit. He leads Miami in, in assist and he's averaging 16 and a half points per game. I, Isaiah Wong would be someone I would love to see take away this award but you're right it i mean it's as hard a decision as we've had in quite some time to try to figure out who in the hell wants this acc player of the year award because right. i can't think of anyone terquavion is fine as well but you could go anywhere across the board Vinny, i don't know if you have anybody that you've kind of solidified but it's tough i wonder if dj burns's emergence could play a role in this because state has they didn't really take off till he became a starter He's just, in my opinion, he's just not going to have the numbers. I mean, when you look at it, yeah. he's not in the top 20 in the league in scoring. Uh, when you look at the the rebounding numbers, like he's just, he's just not regist registering from a uh, stat standpoint, in my opinion. I think he came on just a little bit you see too his fast late. food stats. <laughs> Mine are pretty good, too, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we will have questions, storylines for the Hornets in their last 22 games. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.